Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, part of the Pigkin Podcast Network and Amaze Media Labs. My name is Wags, and joining me is my co-host, Dane. We are streaming live on a Sunday morning on our Facebook and YouTube channels, as well as available to subscribe and download wherever you get your podcast. So, Dano, the preseason is over. The 53-man rosters are set, and next week we have week one of the NFL season. So today we are going to get into our breakouts, player prop bets, over-unders, and season predictions. Um, one of my favorite podcasts of the year. But, Dane, I think to start with, I'm going to turn it over to you. What are your overall feelings uh, with this team coming out of the preseason camp and now that the roster's set and as we look forward here to the season getting started? Yeah, Packers won the preseason, Wags. There's no major injuries. So uh, this is a stacked team. Um, I, I know that some teams play their starters and do a lot of stuff. That's fine. If that's what they want to do. Packers don't do that. And, you know, you can ask the Minnesota Vikings from last season um, how rusty the Packers looked when they went, went ahead and kicked their butt in week one. So um, I, I think that the, the team's going to be ready to go. And, um, you know, I, I think that they're, they're a stacked team. We've, we've got talent across the board, uh, very, very dangerous um, uh, attacking offense and the defense. I, I expect to grow leaps and bounds. There's just so much talent on the defensive side of the ball Jameis Winston and company, uh, the, the Saints, the Packers are going to be heading to a kind of a neutral site down in Jacksonville. Uh, it's not going to be down in New Orleans. And I'll tell you what, uh, if I'm Jameis Winston, if I'm the Packers, this is a Packers defense that I know there's a new coordinator and coach Barry, but it's still going to be one that is going to be opt- opportunistic, that is going to get after the quarterback, that's going to try to turn the ball over and flip the field and give a short field to Aaron Rodgers in that offense. So I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see the season start. The Packers, I don't believe, play a noon game on Sunday for the first four or five weeks, and that says a lot. Uh, the schedule makers think the Packers are going to be good as well. So, Wags, I'm fired up. We're recording this on a Sunday. This is the last Sunday for a long time uh, before we got Packer football every single Sunday coming up. Yeah, I'm super excited too. I think, you know, one of the things with this team, you said it, is health. And as, as we look into the season as a whole, it's so hard to predict the schedule. You know, by all accounts, the schedule looks like it could be pretty difficult this season. The Packers have had a lot of fortunate injury luck the last two seasons and that has certainly gone a long way into how they've been able to perform in their overall record so if our record doesn't quite come in at uh, you know 13 and 4 14 and 3 or better this year uh, it may not necessarily mean that this team isn't positioned to make another run in the playoffs uh, certainly we have to get into the uh, uh, into the playoffs before uh, we can talk about Super Bowl but uh, it's certainly the expectation with this group. Uh, one thing I will say is before the season last year, you also can't predict how difficult these teams are going to be week 10, week 14. Uh, that 49ers game last year at San Francisco, you would have thought that was going to be the toughest game of the season before the season started last year. As it turned out, because of the situation and the injuries they had there, COVID, that may have been the easiest game of the season that they had on the road all year last year. So. You just never know how these things are going to shape out, but hopefully 
uh, for the Packers' sake, they're able to stay relatively healthy again this year because I think that's going to be the biggest impact to what our overall record ends up being. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I'm excited, Wags. This is going to be, this is a fun podcast. I, I like doing this one, uh, be, before, before the season starts. Everybody's got a clean slate and it's, it's a great chance for us to just start to pick through the roster a little bit and talk a little bit of over under, talk some predictions on individual players. Um, we have very high expectations this season uh, for the team. However, we've also got a lot of superstars on this team and a lot of great offensive weapons and defensive weapons. So um, without further ado, Wags, I mean, I've got some over-unders I'd like to run past you. I think you've probably got some you'd like to run past me. I mean, I'll do you the honor. Do you, do you have anything that's just you've been itching to, to talk about here? So I think let's save the team predictions for mm-hmm. the end. Um, I think, first of all, let's talk about some breakouts. This isn't necessarily an over-under. But there could be some obvious guys on both sides of the ball. I'm curious to hear who you view as potential breakouts this year. That could be whatever definition you want to decide. I think on the defensive side of the ball, Rashawn Gary is certainly an obvious choice, but I think we've got some other guys there. Chris Barnes, uh, certainly uh, Darnell Savage, depending on how you see someone as a breakout or maybe taking their game to the next level. Uh, those are some guys that I could definitely see uh, penciling in as a breakout. But um, if we took a poll, I'm sure Rashawn Gary would probably be the runaway winner. But Dane, I, I'm just kind of curious, um, starting with the defensive side of the ball, is there anyone that stands out to you um, outside of Rashawn Gary? I, I mean, we could we could talk about all these guys, but who would you choose if you had to pick one guy as a breakout player on the defensive side? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's it's a really good question. And you, you look up and down the roster, there's always surprises. But um, I think I'm going to – I'm actually going to go out on a limb here a little bit. And it's going to be uh, – I'm taking TJ Slayton, actually. Fifth-round pick for the Packers. Defensive lineman. Um, I'll tell you what. He may not be the guy who's flashy. Right. He's not the guy just based on the position. He's going to be taking on double teams, but I think we're going to see a noticeable difference in the run defense this year for the Packers. We're going to be um, much improved. And a lot of that's going to be because of TJ Slayton. I think he's going to have a chance to earn a lot of snaps early in the season. Question mark I have for him is he's a young guy. He's played college football. Uh, is he going to wear down? as the season progresses, but I don't think he's going to, I think that they're going to manage his snaps. They've got six defensive linemen. They're there for a reason. I think they will be rotating a lot of different guys out. And uh, I'll tell you what, if, if you see TJ Slayton uh, and I'm just talking to Packer fans in general, you see TJ Slayton out on the, on the field, big number 93 and Kenny Clark's doing a bunch of stuff. Part of the reason he's doing stuff is because TJ Slayton's doing his job eating up blockers. Um, so, you know, he might not have 10 sacks. In fact, he won't have 10 sacks because that's just not what he does. But I think that he's going to be a big piece uh, to this defense. And I, and Wags, I wouldn't be surprised if as the season progresses, um, you know, guys in Green Bay have stood out in those big guy roles. Be, I think of BJ Raji over the years. Uh, to some of our older listeners, I think of Gilbert Brown over the years. And uh, those are big shoes to fill. Uh, but it also... Um, 
really drives home the point that guys in this big man positions can really make an impact on the defense and get fans attention. And I think that TJ Slayton, both his play on the field and his personality, uh, he, he's got a, um, a big personality, he's charismatic. Um, he's a guy that Packer fans are going to be taking note of as the season goes on. And he's going to free up a lot of these other defenders to do what they need to do. For sure. And I think that's a really good pick. Um, if you're looking for someone that's maybe a little bit more under the radar, mm-hmm. um, certainly we can, uh, you know, I think Rashawn Gary is a, a good bat. He's, he's the guy, to, right? Yeah, yeah. If he's, he's able to push for double digit sacks totals this year, which would be a monster season for him in year three, I think he's the obvious pick. But um, I do like that, you know, there's other guys that you can look at up and down this defense that could make a significant impact or the difference between this being, you know, maybe a top 15-ish type defense like we were last year versus being solidly in the top 10. I know that from a metric standpoint, we finished the season, depending on how you look at it, right around uh, the, the the bottom of that uh, top 10. But they didn't really feel like a top 10 defense all mm-hmm. season last year. Uh, so I think if we're going to take that next up, it's going to be half, ha- going to have to be guys like TJ Slayton on the defensive line that are making uh, significant contributions and able to help this whole defensive unit elevate to that next level. So I really like that pick. I think Darnell Savage, uh, he, by all accounts, you could say he had a breakout season last year. Right. I don't know if nationally or your average NFL fan is totally aware of how good Darnell Savage is and could be. So from that standpoint, I think he might be someone that uh, could make a splash as well in terms of, you know, across the league, he's viewed as one of the top safeties in the game. Uh, He played like that in the second half of last season. And now if he's able to carry that through, into this season and all of a sudden the Packers defense makes that leap. He could be the guy that gets a lot of the headlines, getting some interceptions. Those are the things that'll get you noticed for the average fan around the league. So I think Darnell Savage is definitely another guy to watch. Chris Barnes, if you're playing individual uh, player defense in uh, in fantasy like we do, uh, he's a guy that you might want to pick up. Probably a lot of fans around the league don't know about. Uh, certainly no secret amongst Packer fans, but He's going to rack up a ton of tackles as well. So um, I think in this defense, there's some young guys uh, that you could pencil in to, to have, quote unquote, breakout performances. And if we get that from multiple players across this defense, that's when we're really going to be cooking. So, Dane, then over on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not going to pick any of the running backs just mm-hmm. personally. The only reason is, is because certainly Kylan Hill and uh, AJ Dillon are going to be getting a, you know, their share of work in the backfield. There's no doubt about that, but uh, it's more just superstition on my part not to pick one of those guys as a breakout because that might mean that Aaron Jones gets hurt yeah. in order for one of those guys to truly have a breakout season. I'd prefer Aaron Jones stays healthy and those other two guys contribute in a positive uh, fashion. But uh, I won't hold it against you if you pick one of those guys as a breakout. But uh, if you look around this group, I, I think it might come from elsewhere, um, a, you know, skill position or otherwise. But who would you be circling? as a potential breakout player here on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm taking A.J. Dillon. Uh, sorry, Wentz, to, <laughs> to, 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 to step on that. But um, I think that he's primed 
for, for a much bigger role. I think that he can have a breakout while Aaron Jones is still healthy. Um, the Packers have always given a fair number of snaps to second running back. Uh, sometimes under the McCarthy era to, we were all pulling our hair out saying, why isn't Aaron Jones getting the ball more? Um, but I think that uh, coach LaFleur has shown over the years, the last couple of seasons, I should say that he, um, is pretty darn good at managing that backfield and making sure that guys are getting their touches. Uh, and same with coach Hackett. So I would say AJ Dillon, I, I don't know if he's going to be the thing about Aaron Jones is he's so prolific inside the 10 yard line. He's got a nose for the end zone, even though he's not a bigger back. So I see some of these prognosticators, you know, that do fantasy football and the national media that are like, Oh, is he going to take all of Aaron Jones touchdowns away? And I don't see that happening because Aaron Jones is about as good as it gets in the league at finding the end zone when he's in, you know, when he's close, but I do see between the, uh, you know, the, the, the 20 to the 20, uh, AJ Dillon grinding out a ton of yards. I see him as a big back who can carry the load in the fourth quarter. I think he's going to turn some heads. I, he, he's got that talent level. They drafted him in the second round for a reason. Um, the snaps are available. I know Kylan Hill had a heck of a preseason. They'll find ways to get him involved, but I don't think it's going to cut into AJ Dillon, you know, eight to eight, eight touches, maybe a game seven, eight touches running the ball. And he can do an awful lot with that. And depending on game flow, I could see a scenario, Wags, and, and I'm curious your thoughts, but I could see a scenario where like, oh, turns out this was an A.J. Dillon week. He's got a hot hand. He's running over linebackers. Let's just keep feeding A.J. the ball. Um, doesn't hurt anybody. Aaron Jones stays fresher for the stretch run. So I think that Dillon has enough there. He could have enough big weeks that the national media and Packer fans, I know Packer fans are already on the A.J. Dillon train, but I think nationally when you talk about breakout, he could be one of those guys where you go, oh, at the end of the year, whoa, holy smokes, he ended up with seven, 800 yards rushing and a few touchdowns and enough to really get people's attention. Okay, that's really interesting, and that's totally fair. I, I just don't know if we're going to see the way Kylan Hill played in the preseason. Mm -hmm. I don't know if A.J. Dillon's going to have that true number two role that Jamal Williams had the last couple of seasons. So then the question is, if A.J. Dillon gives you approximately what Jamal Williams did last year in the same amount of work, I will take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> but I don't know. That's semantic. But I don't know if I'd qualify that as a breakout. I, I mm -hmm. think that's filling the role that he's expected to. Uh, nonetheless, I would happily take that uh, from A.J. Dillon this season. Uh, and certainly if he's able to contribute in third down situations, I think uh, it's interesting. Listen to some of the national guys. And if you guys are listening to some of those uh, fantasy uh, podcasts out there, there's some good ones. But uh, a lot of guys are saying, well, A.J. Dillon doesn't really catch the ball. Uh, I was shocked at how good his hands are. And I think he's going to surprise some people. I don't think he's going to yeah. go out and catch 40 to 50 passes this year. But uh, he can definitely catch the ball, and so can Kylan Hill, by the way. He showed that in the preseason. So these guys are both going to get a lot of touches, but they may just not have enough to go around. That's a lot of guys that have to eat. Uh, and Aaron Jones is going to still be the primary guy uh, out there for sure. So, uh, Dane, I would have to, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to love this. I think you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. I'm going to have to go MVS, though. I think this is the year. It, it, we've heard this story. I get it. It's the whole, oh, he's finally locked in. You hear this about guys every year. And for some guys, it doesn't work. Uh, and some guys, it does. I'm going to give MVS the benefit of the doubt here. He's coming in to his third season in the NFL. We know what he can do to take the top off the defenses. 
If, if he truly is locked in a little bit more in the meeting rooms, in his preparation, uh, by all accounts, he's taken his practice game to the next level. I, I, I don't think it's an accident that when those things happen, it usually translates to consistency. I don't expect him to come out and, you know, put up a hundred yards plus receiving every week. Uh, that's not the type of breakout I'm predi- uh, predicting, but I think a little bit more consistency, fewer drop balls and taking advantage of the opportunities that he has uh, throughout the season is what we really would be happy with. I mean, if you take a few of those drops away uh, and his catch percentage increases on, you know, give him not all of those deep balls, but uh, you know, a few more of those, just three more of those. And maybe a couple of more of those uh, uh, catches uh, on those underneath routes that he hasn't necessarily been super consistent with throughout his career to date. You know, you can easily tack on an extra 250, 300 yards to what he did the last couple of seasons. And now he's pushing 850, 900 yards. uh, Plus, we've got that extra game this year. So it's not crazy to think that just a touch more consistency from MVS is all that's between him and pushing uh, or knocking on the door for a thousand yard receiving season. And uh, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch, but I'm going to go with MVS. I think we're all truly hoping that we have a guy step up opposite. uh, um, I'm sorry. um, Opposite. um, Adams. Adams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm blanking out. Sorry, Dane. (laughs) Um, and, uh, certainly I think Lazard is a good candidate to, to be a guy that'll pick up yards, but he's more of a ma- uh, chain mover to me. So I don't know if I would qualify him as a breakout as much as someone that I expect to just be consistent and fill his role as well. So I'm going to go with MBS and, uh, hopefully this offense continues to cook this year. So Dane, I think, um, that covers, uh, some of the, uh, breakouts. I just want to kind of get your feel too. My first over under for you is, is this defense a top 10 defense this year? And how high are you going if you feel like they're solidly in the top 10? Uh, because I'm excited. Here's the thing with, as we get into predictions for the Packers record, one thing that I touched on the top is, is health and injuries. We do have, by all accounts, a tougher schedule this year, but I am very confident in the talent of this team. And I think that's what matters the most when you look at where we think this team could end up and where they want to be. Um, I'm just ultimately very confident in what this team can do. Uh, so I think it's going to be the biggest factor is where that defense finishes over the course of the season. So, Dane, what say you? Uh, are they ready to make that jump into being a top 10 defense this year? They have all the tools uh, in place. I think to be a top 10 defense. And yeah, I, I, I would actually be pretty surprised barring, you know, something catastrophic happening. If they're not a top 10 defense, they have too much talent in place. I think that, um, you know, my prediction with TJ Slayton, in addition to Kenny Clark and, and Kingsley Kiki, uh, Kingsley Kiki just continuing to grow. He, he showed his past, past rushing potential in year two. Now coming into year three, um, Really like what Chris Burns, if he can just take another step, he doesn't need to be uh, all world to make this defense that much better. Um, they're not going to be throwing it at Jair Alexander too much, Wag. So, you know, if, if Stokes is able to, um, you know, show why the Packers draft him the first round, 
all of a sudden, I mean, where are the weak spots in this defense? Um, I, the safety play is, is top notch. Jair Alexander's top corner in the league. Uh, pass rushers are there. I mean, got to keep an eye on Big Z's back, right? That's a, that's a question mark with Zadarius Smith's back right now. So there's, of course, there's question marks. Um, but there's enough talent here that I think this is a top 10 defense. In fact, I think it could be anywhere in the, you know, three to seven range in there. I think they can actually be that good. I know it's a bold prediction, uh, but with a new defensive coordinator coming in, I think this is going to be aggressive. I think they're simplifying a couple things. We're not seeing as much three deep safety. Um, Coach LaFleur ha- has said time and again, and he does not speak out of turn very often that you got to hit guy. You can't be back seven yards, uh, uh, you know, uh, on, on a, on a third and four type scenario. Um, now we may give up a couple more big plays here and there. We may see some growing pains early in the season, uh, with a new defensive coordinator in place, but I, I think by the time the season's over, uh, the Packers defense could be one of the strong points of this team. Um, they've just got enough talent in place. And, and you know, once the D train starts going, they start feeding off each other. They can be very, very nasty real quick. We've seen flashes of it, Wags, against good teams, against bad teams over the last couple of years. I think this is the year we put it all together. Um, I think that I don't like seeing guys lose their job, but I think the the coaching job, uh, coaching change was necessary at defensive coordinator. And I think it's not um, just the players or just the coaching scheme. I think it's a sum of all of its parts. Uh, they, they've been building and building and they've been investing in the defensive side of the ball a heck of a lot over the last couple of years. And this is where all their investment really pays off. And I think this could actually be a very, very special defense. For sure. I think one of the things that's going to be interesting is the turnover margin. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. something that most analytics experts uh, will say you can't necessarily project from year to year. The Packers defensively have been above average. And by above average, I say like around that 13 to 15 range uh, defensively in years where they've had a strong turnover margin. So it's almost like their defense hasn't necessarily been very good, but they've been able Mm -hmm. to cover up some warts when they've had good turnover margin years. We know the offense doesn't typically turn the ball over all that much. So if the defense is able to force takeaways, usually that's a harbinger of of, of good things. How well are we able to get after the quarterback uh, with the uh, guys that we have up front? I've got a lot of confidence, little concern that Zedaria Smith has been nursing some back injuries. Mm -hmm. Those are things that can tend to linger a little bit. Is Preston Smith going to be able to bounce back from a little bit of a down season last year? Does Rashawn Gary make that leap uh, and uh, get into hopefully maybe that double-digit sack range? Um, more importantly than the number of sacks, so is is he getting consistent pressure on the quarterback? Uh, that, to me, is more important than how many sacks he ends up with at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. uh, those are the things that are going to be you know, you know, making a big uh, impact on how this defense does overall. I got a lot of talent on um, our secondary, but they can't cover guys all day. Right. So we're going to need a, a, a little bit of, uh, you know, improvement, I think, in the consistency of those guys up front. We've gotten production, uh, but sometimes it seems like it's gone a little bit up and down, depending on the opponent. And certainly there are teams that are able to get rid of football and protect the quarterback better than other but uh, I think the this 
this defense needs to be able to bring it every week in terms of the intensity. And I think that's been something that's been lacking a little bit at times in the past as well. So I'm hoping that the intensity that Coach Barry shows uh, mm-hmm. being down on the sideline is something that will push us over the top in that regard. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Preston Smith. I just have to ask you, uh, over under seven sacks for Preston Smith this year. Okay, so you're going to right into it. I, I, I got to know, you know, he's somebody that I think a lot about, right? He took a pay yeah. cut to stay in Green Bay, um, thought at times he was playing out of position last year. They're asking him to do things maybe he, in my opinion, isn't his strong suit. Um, so new coaching staff or at least new defensive coordinator. Um, I got to know, Preston, I think that a lot of this does hinge on Preston Smith bouncing back a little bit from a production standpoint if he's not yeah. able to get pressure. So, you know, I'm curious what your take is. He's one of those guys that I would probably lean towards younger, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And it's not because I don't like Preston to bounce back this year. I, in some ways, he could end up being more consistent and productive overall without getting those sack numbers. I think the consistency is how how much he is getting pressure on the quarterback. He's never been a huge sack numbers guy. Mm-hmm. If you look throughout his career, so I don't expect him to come out and put up 14 sacks this year. That's that's just not the type of guy he is. He's very sound uh, and, and setting the edge, um, and uh, he can drop back in coverage. I know that drives us crazy sometimes mm-hmm. uh, in certain situations, but uh, he is very good at that from that position. It can throw the offense off balance at times. Um, so I think Preston, he's more the guy that sets the table. And so I, what he can do so effectively is running some of those double stunts. Um, and that can enable, he's going to, he's going to, you know, bring attention on himself. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, if he can, if he can set the table for Zedarius and Rashawn Gary, he's going to get sacks, but those guys might be the finishers more often than not. So I would have to say a slight under for Preston Smith on the seven and a half sacks, but that's a good one, Dane. Um, I don't know if you have an answer to that or otherwise I, I was going to go, go back to our, our running back breakouts and ask you about some over-unders for our go, let, Let's go to the running back. I think Preston Smith's under as well, but he, he bounces back and is very productive. He, he actually reminds me a little bit of Rashawn Gary in college <laughs> where he, you know, eats up blockers, but isn't necessarily making the, uh, the, the splashy play. I think Preston Smith's job is to just be disruptive and allow Smith and, and, uh, Rashawn Gary to eat. And I think that that's what they're going to do. So yeah, I'd love to hear what's, what's your running back over? Well, you you were talking about AJ Dillon as a guy that could end up with, you know, eight, 900 yards rushing. Yeah. Uh, courtesy of the athletic, I've got some uh, player projections here this season. They've got him at 620 yards okay. as their projected number uh, on a 138 carries. So that's right in about the same number. Jamal Williams was getting typically 110 to 140 carries. Uh, per year in the last few seasons. Uh, and we've got that added game, of course, here this season. So, you know, it makes sense from a projection standpoint to slot AJ Dillon into that same workload. Uh, you could argue whether he's going to get more or less than that. But, um, so it sounds like you're probably going to take the over on the yards. But then my question is twofold for you then. They've got him at four touchdowns and then we've got, uh, Aaron Jones at 1100 
and 10 yards rushing. So is Aaron Jones going to be over or under that 1,110 yards uh, with you projecting A.J. Dillon definitely north of that 620? And then is A.J. Dillon going to post some touchdowns? We've got him at four. That's about the same number that Jamal Williams has typically had, uh, either rushing or in the pass game the last few seasons as well. So over under four touchdowns for A.J. Dillon and over under 1,110 yards overall rushing for Aaron Jones. Under on the 1,100 yards for Aaron Jones. I think he's going to be at the 1,000 mark, um, give or take a little bit. Um, and the reason I say that is there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. It's not just not just running the ball, but when we talk about the wide receivers, they're so deep uh, across the board. Um, also, with the extra game, I, I, I think that fans are going to see a little bit of uh, NBA light where you see guys maybe get a little bit of rest more. Um, I know it's just one game, but that's four more quarters of a very, very violent football game, the NFL level. So um, I think that Aaron Jones will have a very good year, um, and, but I think that they are going to make sure to manage his snaps a little bit. Uh, and I think that A.J. Dillon's largely going to be the benefactor of that. Um AJ Dillon's going to have slightly more touchdowns. I think, I think he might have five. So I'm going to go over, but, uh, but it's a slight over. I'm not sitting here saying AJ Dillon's going to have double digit touchdowns or anything like that. He's just, I, I don't project that to happen. Uh, but I think Dillon, Dillon has a, a nice year. They had him at what, 600 and what, 20 yards rushing roughly. I think that he's closer to the 750 or so range. Um, because I, I think he has the ability to take games over. And that's why I, I just, I really envision games where maybe the script calls for, we're going to get a heavy dose of Aaron Jones today, but Dylan has a couple strong runs early in the game. They're like, you know what? Let's ride this. Let's ride this train and see what he's got today. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of game flow uh, on this. And Aaron Jones, consummate professional, isn't going to be the guy complaining in coach LaFleur is either ear either because he's got big picture in mind. He wants to win a ring. Um, so for, for all of those reasons, uh, it's not because of a lack of Aaron Jones, but I think it's just game flow is going to allow for some of this. And AJ Dillon is going to just have some standalone value because of that. Yeah, for sure. Now, if the Packers offense is as good as we predict, and the Packers defense is as good as you're predicting, mm -hmm. then we could be ahead in a lot of games. And why would we have Aaron Jones out there in the fourth right. quarter grinding away with the football? So I think that's a really excellent point, Dane. And so I like being able to keep him fresh and, and share some of that workload. And certainly whenever those situations come up, why wouldn't we do that? So mm -hmm. makes total sense. Then jumping over the defensive side and over under, I have for you, you talked about Chris Barnes tackle machine. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we look at over under tackles for the whole season, obviously this is going to be very health dependent, but just taking his production last year, he was about six tackles overall per game. Uh, between solos and assists. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to extend that out to a 17-game season over under 110 tackles this year for Chris Barnes. I put a little cherry on top uh, just to make you think about it a little bit more as well. Well, th this is a hard one to project because I I'm not fully – um, read in on how Coach Barry's going to use guys this year. Uh, we we did sign Campbell as well, who who came in. So I, you know, the veteran presence. These are overall tackles. This is tough, Wags. I'm going to say slightly over. Um, slightly over. He's a tackle machine. He's also shown that he can be productive while he's hurt. He played last year with the club on his hand at, at, at one point. So he, he's somebody who's proven that, you know, he'll be out there if he can be out there. 
Uh, based on what we've always seen from this defense the last few years, middle linebacker is a tackle machine uh, for, for the Packers defense, no matter who they put out there. I think Chris Barnes is actually... I think he has more upside than Blake Martinez ever had. And I know there's some Blake Martinez fans out there, but I like Barnes. I like Barnes long-term projection as well. Um, and I think that he gets those tackles probably, um, um, you know, at, at the expense of Campbell. They're going to sign him. I think Campbell gets snaps early, but Chris Barnes is probably going to be too good to take off the field as the season goes on. Um, so I've got him slightly over. I'm not projecting 150 tackles or anything like that, but I think between tackles and assisted tackles, he finds the ball pretty well. He's going to be in the 120 or so range. Um, what, what, what's your take on Chris Barnes? Um, I mean, he's, he's had a heck of a, a start to his NFL career. I'm kind of curious, uh, where your head's at with him right now. So he's he's going to be out there all three downs, which yeah. is important, and and I think he can cover the field sideline to sideline. That's the biggest thing. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, uh, but he's able to get off blocks, and I think he's aggressive and moving downhill. And is, that's what I really like most about him. Is you know we've had some linebackers in the past that almost look a little bit tentative, uh, mm-hmm. and they're filling the hole, but then they can get beat a lot when the running back turns his jets down and gets to that second level. You've got to be moving downhill and getting off blocks and and and, and maintaining gap discipline uh, while you're doing that. And I think Chris Barnes just has an eye for the game uh, that some some players just don't possess, uh, let's be honest. And so that, I think, is is what I like best about him is he seems to have the mental approach to what he's doing out there down, and that leads into production. Uh, because he has the physical tools as well. Uh, so I, I, I like Chris Barnes with an over on that as well. Um, I, when you're talking about 110 plus tackles, I mean, you miss one or two games and it's probably going to be hard for, to, to hit that number. So I mean, even if he just gets a minor injury, that could have an impact on being able to attain that result. But uh, he did rack up huge numbers in his first season. So I think it stands to reason he might be even able to take it to the next level here this year. Um, Dane, I am have one more for you on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Well, not just one more, but I, I want to uh, turn it over to you because I know you have a couple for me as well. So big one. So let's go with the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Uh, we have a projection here from the athletic. 4874. So let's just call it 4,900 pass yards and uh, 39 and a half touchdowns. Curious what you think. He was able to get over that touchdown number, the yardage number, not so much. Uh, this is uh, uh, one of those things where that extra game makes a difference too. He easily cleared the number for touchdowns last year. What do you think he's going to do from a projection standpoint this year? Uh, would you take over or under on both of those projections? Under. I'm going to go under on both. Um, Aaron's going to have a really nice year. Uh, he's in the third year uh, of, of this offense now. He's clearly becoming more and more comfortable. Um, I think he's going to have a monster year, but I also think that there's just so many weapons. We're running the ball. I think Aaron Jones last year had less like half the touchdowns almost than what he had two years ago. I think the Packers are going to find a way to get a little bit more uh, running game going near the red zone. That's going to cut down on Aaron Rodgers' touchdown throws. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had an out-of-the-mind historic year last year, so anybody who's expecting him to match those numbers this year, I just – I mean – 
not a slight on Aaron. Aaron's as good as it gets. It's just, you know, my goodness. You're, if you're expecting him to do MVP, MVP, MVP all the time, I just, I don't have that in me. But um, I think he's going to have a very, very, very good year. In fact, he might have another great year. Um, yardage is where it gets a little harder with that extra game. And if he's airing it out a little bit, but I just think, um, my gut tells me they're going to try to establish the run. They've kind of got this three headed monster potentially at the running back position. Um, that's, I guess the biggest backup I have at this point is he's got all these weapons. He's going to be spraying the ball all over the field. Um, but with that in mind, um, you know, if we can get up on a couple of games, maybe Aaron's not playing some quarters. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can happen to to kind of take away some of the yardage. So I don't have some scientific answer here, but I, I just my gut tells me it's going to be a little bit lower across the board, and I think a lot of that's going to be because the running game's going to be um, flourishing this year. Okay, uh, and it would be interesting to see. I mean. This run game under Coach LaFleur the last few years has been productive. It's not yeah. been the McCarthyism of we're going to get the run game going, hand the ball off on first down, hand the ball off on second down, and Aaron, get us a, a third, a first down on, on third and long. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> we, we have not been predictable in that regard. So I don't think uh, it's going to be something that is going to impact the overall rhythm and flow of this offense. It is interesting that you say that you expect them to run the ball more often in the red zone this year. Mm-hmm. Is that a, you know, a keep things fresh and unpredictable thing? Or I, because it, then you're taking the ball away from maybe one of the most efficient red zone throwers mm-hmm. in NFL history. So I don't know if I completely agree with you on that. I, I, I think we've run the ball a decent percentage of time in the red zone. I I think that's about the balance that I'd like to see, quite honestly. Um, You know, we definitely need to continue to uh, shed our uh, ghost of third and fourth and short past (laughs) because those things tend to rear their ugly head. Uh, But uh, I I think that Aaron is still going to be very, very efficient in red zone. And by the way, he's got one of his favorite targets back in Randall Cobb. Uh, And so uh, the red zone is where things tend to break down a little bit. And so when he has those guys that he's in sync with and can make those throws and plays, uh, I think he'll still be productive there. That all said, I agree with you. I'm going to take the under on both of those two slight under, I think he's going to have a really good season. But look, he could throw 36 touchdown passes and have, uh, you know, a monster offensive season this year. So uh, it would not be a disappointment by any means if Aaron Rodgers doesn't eclipse 40 touchdown passes this year. Yeah. And, and Wags, and just piggybacking off that, I think part of the reason uh, for me as well is just David Bakhtiari's out. You've got your all pro left tackle out. They don't, they're not at full strength at the offensive line, even though Elton Jenkins seems to be Superman and can play anywhere at incredibly high level. But that, um, you know, does take away then from a different spot, right? He's not playing his natural spot at the guard position. So I think think that um, where the Packers are able, they're going to try to establish the run early, maybe take a little bit more pressure off some of the young guys up front. Um, this is they're been trying to shuffle around and figure out who they want to have their best five. I think that this is still going to be a very, very good offensive line, but especially early in the year uh, as growing pains are going, they're not going to want to expose Aaron Rodgers to, to shots unnecessarily. So if they're able to run the ball, I think they're going to run the ball. And I think that that also plays into some of that. Now I expect us to be humming by about week 10 or so, but early those first four or five games, especially before Bach is back, I just wouldn't be surprised if, if they have the option, let's run the ball early and just kind of keep that pressure off of Aaron. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's going to be interesting to see how well that offensive line is able to stay healthy because mm-hmm. they're going to need to get through at least six weeks, probably a couple more than that without right. David Bakhtiari. Uh, so we've got Elton Jenkins potentially playing close to half the season at left tackle. I love Elton Jenkins, but if we have any other injuries to any of those five guys up front, it's going to make me pretty nervous yeah. <laughs> so and we don't have a buy until week 13 so we'll look at the the overall schedule here momentarily but uh, you you're circling week 10 it's interesting that's right when the schedule by all accounts really starts to get pretty pretty challenging um, wow. I'm kind of circling um, right in that week seven area is when things start to get pretty challenging for the Packers because uh, if you just look at who they're playing and some of their opponents in that stretch, it's just going to be pretty challenging to, you know, eke out wins. That could be a point of the season where we're really pushing to get to that bye week, depending on how healthy the roster is. Uh, so I am hopeful that uh, Bakhtiari is cleared uh, and is close to full health and, and is able to jump back in there pretty quickly. But realistically, he's going to need probably at least a week or two of practice before he's out there on the field. So, mm-hmm. um, Dane, do you have any other individual player over-unders? I mean, we could go uh, across this whole roster if you wanted to. I, I got to know Devontae Adams, 1,300 yards. He's had some monster years the last couple of years. Three years ago, I believe it was three years ago, he just missed the 1,000-yard mark because he'd been hurt for four weeks. But, you know, outside of that, he would have had – another monster year that year, if not for that injury. So uh, Devontae's been hovering around that 1,300-yard mark. Curious, is he going to be able to do that with all the weapons on this offense this year? I'm going to go under, but it's only because he's missed a couple games in both mm-hmm. of the last couple of seasons. And I hope he's healthy all 17 games and can go the full season this year in a contract year. One of the things I'll be interested to see here, we've had no news on the Devontae Adams uh, contract extension front. Does something come out here? Right before week week one here against the Saints, um, this is kind of the window when the Packers traditionally have extended some of their key guys. I'm sure Devontae and his agent would love to get him locked up with that extension to make him the highest paid wide receiver before they take the field here in week one, uh, and he put, uh, gives himself a, a risk of injury here during the season. So um, that will be interesting to see. But I'm going to go under if only because. If he misses a couple of games like he has the last couple of seasons, I think it's going to be one of those situations that on a per game basis, Mm -hmm. he would have been on pace to definitely clear that, but probably just doesn't get there uh, at the end of the season. One more defensively, Kevin King over under nine starts for the Packers. Under, (laughs) (laughs) under, um, I, I, the only way he goes over is if uh, Jair or Eric Stokes is not healthy the the whole season. Uh, So um, I'm going to go under on that one as well. Okay. Th- those are the last ones I had on my end, Wags. Uh, Dane, I have one more for you then, because this is your favorite position, I think, on the offense. Well, they're all your favorite, let's be honest. But <laughs> tight end. Yeah. I, I want to know, is, does Bob Tunyon, is he going to come anywhere close to his touchdown uh, numbers last year? Uh, at the Athletic is only projecting him at six and a half touchdowns this year. Uh, so do you think that he goes over that number or is he going to have a regression to the mean this season? 
So we've got our fantasy football draft, you and I, later today. I don't know if I want to be giving away all my secrets right now on how I feel about something. Why do you think guys. I asked you the question? <laughs> <laughs> I think he goes over. I think that he's a touchdown machine in the red zone. I, I know that Randall Cobbs joined Green Bay uh, or back in Green Bay, but I think Randall's going to be more of a threat um, on third down. That's going to be where he's going to be making his bread and butter near the red zone. Um Aaron likes to find those big body guys wherever he can, uh, between Devante, um, between Lazard and some of these others, but oh, 100% Bob Tunyon as well. Roger seems to have an affinity for Robert Tunyon. Uh, he's going to find ways to, to, to get, um, him open. And Tunyon found some ways on his own to get open last season, had a couple monster games. Um, I, I think his yardage might not be massive, but I think that he is a red zone threat and he's just a mismatch. When the Packers spread everybody out, if we're talking four receivers out there or three receivers and a running back in the backfield, and then you've got Tunyon, how are you covering everybody? If everybody's healthy, this is a stacked team. So I think that Robert Tunyon is going to be able to beat enough safeties and enough linebackers in the red zone to get over that six and a half. I think he's going to land around eight touchdowns this year, Wags. Okay. I love it. Yep. So now I know where to take Bob Tunyon in the draft. <laughs> round two, baby. <laughs> round two, Wags. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Dane, is that all you have for individual player projections or did you have any other guys that you wanted to hit on? Um, those were the, the, the main guys. I, I'm just kind of looking. I also just one last one. Aaron Rodgers over under four interceptions this year. And I know that's a crazy low number uh, at the NFL level, but, um, what's your read? Uh, I'll go over. I, I, <laughs> there's too much randomness, uh, mm-hmm. for, for him to go under that number. And quite honestly, when he, I don't want him to be under that number, as crazy as that may sound, uh, he needs to be aggressive throwing the ball, uh, downfield and, you know, tip passes drops where it goes through someone's hands when they're outstretched and all of a sudden it goes into the hands of a safety. Those things are going to happen. So, you know, when he had two interceptions a few seasons ago, uh, I just... I don't even want to relive that because I, there were some things that I wasn't loving about Aaron Rodgers at that time. And I want to just stay in my space where I'm loving how Aaron Rodgers <laughs> plays football right now. And, uh, and with everything that he's doing with Coach LaFleur, um, I, I don't need to relive that right now. So I think he'll go over. He's never going to be someone that's going to throw 15 interceptions. At least no. I hope not. Uh, but, uh, if he's in that, you know, six to eight interceptions, uh, you live with that. That's mm-hmm. not a huge deal to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What, what do we got next on the, on the docket wags? So let's look at uh, over-unders for wins. And I think not just the yeah. Packers, but let's look around the rest of the division. So NFC North, um, starting with the Detroit Lions, uh, courtesy of FanDuel, their over-under for the season is five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what do you expect, uh, across the division? Because I think the reason I like to look at the rest of the teams is that to me is going to, clearly make the biggest impact on how the Packers are able to do. They're certainly the hands-on favorite when the NFC North division Packers are minus 145 favorites Mm -hmm. Uh, next in line is Vikings at plus 250. So uh, the Packers certainly heavy favorites to win the North, but uh, are any of these other teams going to take a step forward? It was definitely a down division last year, um, starting with the Detroit Lions. Uh, they've got a new coach in Dan Campbell. Um, it certainly seems like he's very Detroit. <laughs> Let's just put it that way and kind of coaches they, they typically like to hire. But uh, do you think the Lions, without Matthew Stafford now this season, are going to be able to put together enough to be competitive and, and get over that five-win total? 
No. <laughs> no. I think they probably hit it on the head at five. I, I think it's a bit of a mess. Their offense looks like a mess this year. Uh it just just realistically. Um it they they signed Jamal Williams, who I love Jamal, but you know, they've they've got some other kids that they've spent some draft capital on at the running back position. And um it seems like they're not gonna give him the the keys to the car. Um Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Um, I, I mean, when, when it looks like their, their tight end TJ Hawkinson might be their, their number one weapon on the offensive side of the ball, that would concern me. Hawkinson's a good football player, but I just across the board, I don't know how they're scoring touchdowns wags. And this is a league where you got to score touchdowns to stay competitive. Um, not to speak of a defense that I think has enough holes in it. So I, 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 if I have to choose, I'll say under, I think five is the, probably the correct number, but under, I just don't think that they're really going to be an option this year. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. The only thing is, is that the, the optimist in me, uh, looks at uh, week, week 18 against, against the Packers. The Packers could have home field advantage, uh, all mm-hmm. wrapped up by then. <laughs> Hopefully that would be a nice thing. That'd be nice. So, uh, you know, are we, are we giving that game away? Does that put them over their win total for the year? Who knows? No, Jordan uh, Love will tear them up in week 18. If that's I the love case. it. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't have a lot of optimism that the Lions are going to be, uh, posing a real threat. They, they tend to be a team that the Packers you know, surprisingly have struggled with at times, mm-hmm. even when they haven't had their best teams. The, we, we play down to their level at times. Um, hopefully that's not the case this year, but I don't think they're going to be making a lot of noise in the NFC North. Um, so moving then to the next team in the projections, Chicago Bears uh, mm-hmm. at seven and a half. Is there over under uh, starting the season with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback? Certainly Bears fans are looking for uh, rookie Justin Fields to come in sooner than later. Uh, are you riding that hype train? And I know the Bears able to be an improvement here. Coach Nagy might be on the hot seat here if he mm-hmm. doesn't turn things around pretty early in the season for the Chicago Bears. I think that Coach Nagy is going to do just enough to keep his job, and it's going to keep us smiling. Uh, and I think it's going to be because Fields – Fields. I, I don't know if I'm riding the hype train, but I think he's better than Dalton. And I also think he'll probably be starting around week two or three for the Bears. I, I, I just don't see a scenario where Dalton's hanging on to that job for all that long. They've got some good pieces. They've got a good running back. Um, Robinson, Allen Robinson's a heck of a wide receiver for them. They've got enough going on. Their defense, they've got a, a couple pieces here and there uh, that I think can play play ball. Um, seven and a half wins. I'll take the over slight. They're probably an eight-win team, maybe, um, you know, in this expanded um, this expanded field, uh, they, they might beat up on the lions. I think they take two from the lions. So right there, right. We start talking and I'm not looking at their schedule in front of me, but, um, they've got enough pieces to win some football games here. And I think that they do just enough. And I think part of it's because fields is electric enough. He's mobile. Even when things break down offensively, he's going to be able to create. Now, do I think he's the answer? I don't know. Who knows, right? Who knows what these rookie quarterbacks look like when the bullets start really flying. But I think that he keeps it interesting. He's an electric, exciting player um, that, you know, can put up some stats. But I, I think that any fans that are expecting this Bears roster, even with good quarterback play, to all of a sudden make the playoffs, I don't see that happening. I think the Vikings are still a better overall team than the Bears. I think the Packers are certainly an overall better team. So I'll take an eight win. I'll take the Bears for the over. But again, I think that they're right in that range, but they're not a playoff team. Likes. Yeah, I've got them at the over two. Actually, I like them to make a little bit of a bounce, and I think they're going to get better over the course of the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the Bears have been a team that in many years, they seem to 
start hot, including last year, by the way, and then they, uh, you know, really hit uh, a tough stretch and uh, kind of fell apart a little bit mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. Uh, so I, I think the opposite might be the case this year, where they may not start off quite as hot. If they do, that may be a little bit nervous, but um, I think they're going to be a team. You're exactly right. Fields will be, you know, he's going to start. Uh, this isn't a situation where Andy Dalton's going to ride the starting position through the end of the season and the Bears have a magical, you know, 13 and four season under Andy Dalton. I, I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think, I think they will get better. Uh, Fields will galvanize them. He's going to be inconsistent, super talented guy. Yeah. Um, he, they, they could be someone that I think might be nipping at the Packers' heels at times throughout the season because um, I actually have them uh, finishing second in the division behind the okay. Packers. I, I like the Bears defensively. I think they're a little bit stronger. Um, I think they've got a few more weapons. Um, and, and the Vikings, uh, they've got some talented guys. We'll get to them in a second. But uh, I, I just – they're a team that – I don't know. I think a few a few injuries could derail their season in a hurry, and mm-hmm. I'm not predicting that to happen. You never know what's going to happen. But um, and I think you know certainly uh, the Vikings. Let's just jump into it. Their over under is eight and a half. Uh, okay. They've got the most experienced coach in the division. Uh, they they've got you know a, a pretty solid roster. I don't think they're as talented up and down this roster as they were a few years ago um, when they were talking Super Bowl uh, right. before the season. But, um, you know, they've got some guys. I just ultimately, I, I don't know the, the Kirk Cousins COVID situation. It's a weird I, thing. It's yeah. a weird thing. And I think it is a thing, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I mean, you never know if he's going to miss, you know, a start here or there because of COVID protocols. Um, how does that affect the locker room and the chemistry of this team? I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's an odd thing. And, and to me, the Vikings from the outside looking in seem to be the best candidate to have kind of that year from hell <laughs> where mm-hmm. things kind of just go wrong. And so um, it's not so much a say, uh, you know, as much an indictment on some of the talented guys they have on that team because Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Irv Smith, a tight end, could, could be a, a making a, a breakout this season if everything goes right. Uh, but I'm going to go under for the Vikings on the eight and a half this year. I just don't have – it's a gut feeling – that uh, they're not a team that's good, that's going to have things go their way. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and I, I know that Irv Smith's dealing with some kind of injury as well. I I, I haven't seen the latest on how long he's going to be out, but I I did see that he's battling something on his end. Um, I think this is a year that um, I, I feel like Zimmer, the the head coach of the Vikings, has been slowly losing the locker room for about two seasons now, and I think this is probably the year that it all bubbles to the surface and it's over. I think that the COVID stuff, I I've seen Zimmer quotes saying it's, I I, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quoting him, but basically saying like, he's not happy with what's going on. Um, It's never good when your head coach is directly against what the quarterback's saying. I mean, that's just, it's not a good, it's not a good scene. They drafted Mund uh, in the, the third round, I believe second or third round quarterback. I think that that young guy gets some snaps this year. I think he's going to get a couple starts. I, this might be, I, I still don't understand, but I'm very grateful that they extended Kirk cousins and gave him a lot of money. Cause it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I would agree. And I, I think that they're going to be slightly under, I think that they're in the seven to eight 
range as well. And they're kind of battling the bears for second in the division. They're, they're also a team that at times can prove challenging for the Packers uh, throughout the year. But at a certain point, the wheels are just going to fall off in Minnesota. And I think that Mike Zimmer, while he may end the season as head coach, if we're sitting here doing this podcast next year, I think we're talking about the new head coach of the Vikings, whoever it may be. I just, I don't see it happening for them this year. Yeah. So it sounds like we're kind of aligned uh, on, on where these teams end up then this year. So that leads us to the Packers Mm -hmm. over under is 10 and a half. Um, Interesting. Packers are a 13 win team the last two seasons and we added a 17th game. Uh, Projections have the Packers coming down. Now, certainly Vegas is never going to throw a number like 13 out there realistically mm-hmm. for the Packers. It's going to go where the money is. Um, but uh, to me, the biggest stretch that worries me uh, is starting in week seven. We've got the Washington football team, uh, and then we're at Arizona, at Kansas City, back home for the Seattle Seahawks, at Minnesota, and then back home for the Rams before that week 13 bye, uh, you know, depending on how those teams are shaping up at that point right. in the season. Uh, right now, that looks like a pretty difficult stretch as we're heading into that bye. So the health of the team at that point could have an impact on how well we're able to come out of that. But uh, realistically, if Packers come through that relatively unscathed, uh, I think that that would point to the over. Uh, if we have uh, a few more bumps uh, than uh, hurdles uh, during that stretch of the season, that could make things uh, pretty challenging. Listen, we're going to have to come out strong this season, mm-hmm. too. We can't afford to start slow uh, and have kind of that two and two type start we really need to come out of the gate strong um and uh and get out in front uh, because this is a long season and uh so we're not going to go through this 17 and 0 folks uh but uh we do need to make sure that we start solidly and so it's going to be interesting to see how well we do with all of our main guys not getting really any work in the preseason are we rusty uh that week one opponent Saints will be diving into that on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll be ready to go, too. So the Packers are going to have to be ready right from the get-go. Okay, Dane, I'm going to let you predict first. Do you have the Packers over or under 10.5 wins uh, this season? We're over. We're at 12. Uh, I think we're 12-5 and five football team. Uh, I know it, it looks like a tough schedule. Um, it is a tough schedule, but you're right. The seasons shake out very weird as they, as they go on. Everything, of course, is predicated on health in this league, but even against all these tough teams, this team can stack up against anybody in the league. I really think that. I think that this Packer team is a heavyweight. There's a few heavyweights in the, in the entire NFL. The Packers are one of them. Um, I think that we can outclass a lot of these teams. I think Aaron Rodgers can outclass, um, Washington football team. I think that he can outclass Matt Stafford in the Rams because he's done both of those <laughs> over the last couple of years, not those them combined, but I just think that Aaron Rodgers and this Packer offense have um, so many weapons. I do think that this likely is Aaron's last year in Green Bay. I think that he's going to be going all out. He always goes all out, but I think that this team um, has – a really sour taste in their mouth. We've talked to some of these guys before the season started, before you know, saying that they had a sour taste from that NFC Championship game. Uh, there's no mistake about it. Um, too many weapons. I think the defense has improved. All that means is that we are getting a shorter field for Aaron Rodgers. That makes it so dangerous. If this defense can step up, make some stops, and we're able to um, 
uh, give Aaron an even shorter field than he's worked with in past years. Um, you know, watch out the rest of the league. I just think there's too much talent here, Wags, I guess is, is how we sum it up. Um, if everybody's where they need to be for, for the majority of the year, um, I don't know how you cover this offense and, and, and offensively for, for the opposing team. I think that we can throw too many different looks at opposing offenses most weeks uh, for them to have too much success against the defense. So I think that we're over and I think we're a 12 win team this year. Yeah. And I think 12 is the conservative number. That's the exact number mm-hmm. I put down too. Um, I, I get it from the outside in people are, Oh, is Aaron going to, you know, make this, this team dysfunctional from the yeah. inside? Uh, I, I don't see it. It doesn't seem like it. I, no. It just doesn't seem like it. We'll, we'll have. We'll have some bumps in the road, just like every team, but we'll be fine. Uh, and yep. so, a- again, um, the only thing that makes me nervous is the health of that offensive line yep. early in the season in particular. Um, that's something that can rear its ugly head. We've been super fortunate uh, for the last couple of seasons. I think we're in an okay uh, position in terms of depth pretty much everywhere else on the roster. Certainly you can't afford to get a bug or a run of injuries at one position group um, really anytime. But, uh, you know, we, we've, I, I'm confident in the talent and the depth that we have that, you know, next man in, particularly for short-term injuries, will be fine. Um, so I, I, I'm confident in what we're going to do out there. And if we do make that step and we're solidly in that top 10 defensively, sky's the limit. You know, I, I again, I'm not going to sit here and predict us to go 16 and one, but no. I think this is a Packers team that you know could, you know, pose some significant challenges for every opponent that they face if they're putting that much pressure uh, on the scoreboard on the offensive side of the ball and that much pressure on the quarterback and and turning the ball over uh, of the opposition on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be tough to keep up to them. All right, let's, mm-hmm. let's be honest. So, um, I, I'm very bullish. It's a, it's a challenging schedule, but, um, I, I like this team to, to definitely fall into that range as well at 12 and five. So Dane, um, I think that pretty much wraps up our predictions. Do you have anything else that you want to get into as far as, uh, you know, uh, outside the box predictions with this team this year? I don't have predictions. I, 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 other than I'll just say that I think that the, the punting position, I, I know it's the punter, but it's a huge upgrade. Um, if, if he plays anywhere better, I'm not trying to pile on JK Scott, but, uh, Packers trading for Corey, uh, Bahorquez and he's played in cold weather, played for the Bills, can flip the field a little bit more. And if we can get a few more yards out of that, um, that's been one of the, the things that have kind of stuck in my side for a number of years here now. And I was really surprised actually that the Packers made the change that they did when they did it. Um, but they did. Uh, I, I think that right now, I imagine, uh, Mason Crosby is working with his long snapper and with his, his new holder quite a bit to get ready for week one. The Packers also brought in a new long snapper. Um, and, and it's just something to keep an eye on. They brought in a new long snapper to be a part of the practice squad. Um, and, and I know that those are not, you know, necessarily sexy positions, but field goals are in big moments and, and, you know, you can't afford to leave ball, um, points out on the field. So just something to keep an eye on wags, not a pretty Prediction, but I thought that that was a pretty, um, it was a bigger, bigger um, change of a roster spot than just, oh, it's just a punter, quote unquote. There's a lot that goes into that kind of move. And it's not a move that the Packers necessarily have always made over the years. So the Packers are being aggressive early. And I, I don't expect anything less from, from Goody. Goody's been very aggressive to try to upgrade wherever he sees fit. And he just did that again. Yeah. Um, sure. I think we'll be hopefully better there. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't talk about special teams because 
frankly, they make me nervous. Uh, what yep. we've seen in the preseason didn't give me a lot of confidence that there's going to be a significant improvement in all of those areas from last year. So we'll see. Uh, I know we said that we can't really get any worse, but I mean, my we goodness, as <laughs> is, 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 is awful as it sounds, like if we could be like the 20th ranked special teams unit, <laughs> I, you know, I would take that right yeah. now. And, and, and that's, that's, that's kind of sad to say, but it's just reality at this point. So, uh, you know, hopefully Coach Straight is able to get improvement uh, with the special teams units over the course of the season because we need it. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and hopefully Mason Crosby, uh, that uh, missed 28 yard field goal in the last preseason game is a complete nothing burger, which I mm-hmm. expect it to be. Mm-hmm. But he may not be quite as efficient as he was last year. Uh, let's just, uh, you know, it's going to be hard. He, he can't do better. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so we'll see what happens with this, the special teams, but, uh, uh, that's kind of a week to week project in my mind. So, um, all right, Dane, uh, I think that about does it for us then today. Can mm-hmm. you, uh, hit up uh, all of the things that people need to check out from us? Yeah, we've got a lot going on, Wags. We are now part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're very excited to be a part of that. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcast, really. We're talking uh, iTunes. Uh, we're talking, we've got a new YouTube channel that we want you to check out. Uh, we've got a ton of old content there from, from our uh, interviews from a lot of the players uh, before the, the season started. Uh, you can find us on Google. You can find us on YouTube Music and Spotify and all these different spots. Uh, also, we're on Instagram, Lombardi's Legends. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're actually streaming live on Facebook as we record this. So go check us out there. You can actually see video of us there. We're on Twitter. Um, Wags, I feel like we're everywhere these days. Yeah, somehow we have, uh, you know, made our way into the uh, inner circle uh, of the Packers Twitter sphere and social media consciousness. But, um, you know, we appreciate you listening, following along. Again, we'll be back on Thursday night uh, for our week one preview against the New Orleans Saints. Can't wait to dive into that. So thanks so much for following along and listening. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. There ain't no second place in Lambo. It's a whole new 